Hello, I'm David Sparks, and joined by my fellow co-host, Rosemary Orchard, and this is Automators, where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hello, Rosemary Orchard. Hello, David Sparks. How are you today? Excellent. We are on the cusp of getting shortcuts with iOS 13. So excited. We're on the cusp of getting new iPhones as well. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, there's is, a lot of stuff going on. Is going to work on those new iPhones? It better. I don't know. It better. It better. <laughs> if it doesn't, I'm going to be very upset because uh, there was an Apple event this week. Uh, and uh, we, there, there are lots of new shinies, uh, including some things that we weren't expecting, like an iPad, uh, which is apparently a thing. So, Can I just say, I mean, this show's not about you know hardware stuff, but the iPad for $329, that may be the best deal Apple has. I mean, that is a great iPad. For three hundred bucks, I feel that it is actually relevant to to our show because there are a lot of people listening, and I see a lot of people in the forums who have only got an iPhone, um, and they're trying to build these amazing and complex shortcuts. But it's difficult when you just don't have the screen space. Yeah. Um. And so you know, if that's been you, and you've been playing with things like scriptable and and shortcuts and stuff like that, like th- this could be a great opportunity to to go get a, now a ten point two inch uh, screen instead of a, a nine point seven, which you know. Is a whole an extra half an inch um, in pretty much the same the same body size, um, so I I don't know I feel like it is relevant for our listeners at least somewhat. And you could have bought three of them for what I paid for my iPad Pro. It's just bananas, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's crazy, and and like it has keyboard support, it has Apple Pencil support. I was talking to my wife and kids. I was thinking, you know, a lot of there's a lot of people in our family that are not. Uh, high-end computer users and mm-hmm. with ios 13's new safari that works with just about everything i mean it works with my banking website it works with squarespace all the stuff that it didn't work with before for me it's worked for uh i was thinking this is something we can really recommend to non-super geek friends as a as their computing device now and for yes. 329 dollars, they're done which is really a good deal to get into some apple hardware so Anyway, I didn't mean, I didn't even, that's on the outline. I just kind of fell into that. But the, uh, I do want to talk about a little bit about the hardware because it happened this week and you and I were text messaging each other as I was going down. So, so Rose, what's the damage on your end? Okay. Um, it could have been worse. They could have also announced the, the tracking thingy, which I would totally have bought. Uh, but as it is, I, I've already ordered an Apple Watch. It is arriving uh, uh, on release day, and I will be getting an iPhone 11 Pro. Not the Max, because I currently have the Max, and I drop it somewhat frequently. Um, and I feel like it didn't drop my, my 10 anywhere near as much, so I'm going back to the smaller size. But I'm debating color-wise. What are you doing? Well, I get I get a new phone every year. That's that's probably one of my biggest luxuries in life, is I always get the new one. You know, we have a whole thing in the family. My kids, all they've already texted me that, you know, dad, you're getting the new one, right, dad? Right? You know, because they're already making their plans as, as mine gets handed down. Uh, I'm definitely getting the green one. I always have this thing like, do I get the white one? Do I get the black one? I, I can never make up my mind. I, I just like that it's different. I really like the color green. kind of reminds me. I think it's it's an appropriate color for a Star Wars Rebel. You know, the, the green, kind of olive green that they have. So I, I approve. I'm getting the green one and I'm probably getting the max. I, I have the max now. I don't feel like I'm, um, I don't think it's too big if it's in all my pockets. So I'll probably just get the max again. And, um, that's going to definitely happen. And also I'm getting ready to start up a photos field guide. I want to use those three lenses to, to do some examples in that book. But the, um, 
the, the thing that got me in the presentation was the watch because I knew I did not need a new watch. I have a, I have a nice Apple watch. And it's like, it's funny when they say always on how fast the switch flipped in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have seen a couple of people talking about um, some of the automation possibilities. Somebody suggested that maybe the new watches can read NFC tags. I should point out this is totally unfounded, but if it could, that would be super awesome yeah. as a way to trigger shortcuts. Yeah, we're going to talk about NFC today. We have we have a whole segment about NFC later, but the um, but I I probably will go and I have not ordered yet. I, I'm probably going to just go in the store and look at the the different configurations. I'm not I don't need to have it on day one. So yeah, well they have this new customizer online, which is really yeah. cool, but uh, it doesn't work in Austria. Um, so I, I've just ordered the basic aluminium one with another white sports band. I'm I'm building a nice collection of those now. <laughs> There you go. There you go. So we spent our money. Yeah, along with hardware, we get some software, um, which means that it's confusing. Um, there are different dates when we get different things because iOS 13 is coming out on September 19th. And then iPadOS comes out on September 30th, which looks like it's going to be the 13.1 release for iOS as well. And everything's a little bit off. So uh, do you know what this means for shortcuts? Yeah, well, it means that the remember those triggers we were so excited about when oh, we yeah. were talking we had the microphones propped on on my shoes at the uh, at, the, at a WWDC uh, now we are going to get that a couple weeks later than we thought we would so uh, you're going to get the new shortcuts with the release in fact this show is publishing a week a week after this show publishes you're going to get the new 13.0 and uh, that's yeah. great download it enjoy it it's awesome. And the new short, there's a lot in the new shortcuts that has nothing to do with the new triggers that you're going to love. And we're going to talk about that kind of through today's show, like, you know, the tokens and the new, the new programming model. Um, but then a week and a half later, you get the 13.1 update that's going to add all those cool triggers. And we're going to talk about those today too. So um, it's all coming, it's coming relatively quickly. Uh, it, and it's fine with me that the triggers got pushed back to the 13.1. I'm glad that they've announced that the date of release of 13.1 is the end of September, which means we aren't going to have to wait very long. Yeah, yeah, that that's good. Uh, I do pity any and all developers out there who have now got stuff that is theoretically a 13 release, but it's for an iPad. So what do they do? Because iPad doesn't get it yet. And it's, yeah. it's very confusing as to what's happening. So hopefully Apple is going to guide us through this and it won't be too insane. But if it is, then just spend two weeks playing with automations and install the public beta on your iPad maybe if that's a if that's a big problem for you. So. Yeah, and my understanding is that this is going to 13.1 is going to be across the board. Yeah. And everybody's going to, so it's just 11 days later. It's not the end of the world. Yes, definitely. So, let's uh, before we take a look at the new shortcuts, I think it would be a, a good moment to talk about September, because September is a Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And this year, Relay FM actually has an official partnership with St. Jude, which is uh, the Children's Research Hospital. And it does amazing things all around the world. And they are actually partnered with organizations such as the World Health Organization, who are committed to transforming health uh, cancer care, with the goal of curing at least 60% of children worldwide with six of the most common cancers by 2030. And childhood cancer is obviously something that is not 
something anybody wants to experience. Unfortunately, in the Relay family, Stephen Hackett's son did have cancer and St. Jude helped cure his child. And we are trying to raise money for St. Jude, not just for Stephen's family, but also for everybody who can benefit from this research because this research is shared everywhere. And as part of this, we actually have a special URL which is stjude.org slash automators. And if you donate money, then you will actually be helping St. Jude stay true to its life-saving mission, which is finding cures and saving children. And so you can actually donate uh, to support childhood cancer um, at stjude.org slash automators. But as well as this, uh, Stephen Hackett and Mike Hurley are doing a marathon podcast-a-thon. This is on September 20th, so this will be iPhone release day. Um, and iOS release day. And you can watch them do amazing things on the internet. So you should check that out on the uh, Relay FM blog. They've got all the information up there. And it is a, a great cause that we should all think about helping, especially as some of us are dropping large amounts of money on technology this month. So I know I'm going to be making my donation as well. Yeah. And you know what? If you figure out how to automate your donation to St. Jude, send me some kind of proof of that and I will send you some stickers because <laughs> I think that's cool. <laughs> Definitely. Automators should automate donations, right? Well, you could set it up on a monthly cycle if you really want to. Well, no, what I was thinking, like, you know, maybe a keyboard maestro script on the web page. I don't know. I bet you could do it. Somebody in the forums is going to come up with something great of that, I'm sure. All right. Um, Great. Uh, So, uh, another thing that happened last month is that was the Relay fifth anniversary. And we did a really fun thing. Rose and I got to spend time together up in San Francisco. Uh, they did a family feud network wide game at, at, in San Francisco. The thing got videotaped. The videotape looks great. It's now on YouTube. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yes. And I should point out for people that haven't watched or listened to this yet, uh, Steve, uh, David and I's teams went into the finals head to head. Yes. And I'm not going to tell you who won. So you're going to have to listen and find out who crushed who. The other thing that happened when we were in San Francisco, and honestly, this was probably the highlight of my trip. We hung out with Sal Segoyan and Naomi, and we did a game of Mousetrap. It was the uh, the the members-only uh, podcast for the automators. And I honestly think that was one of the best ones that on the network this year. <laughs> it was definitely great fun. So if you haven't listened to our members episode, then you should definitely uh, check that out. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a lot of information. Yeah, but it is September, and September does tend to come with a lot of information, not just for people going back to school, but for people who are starting shortcut school, right, David? Yes, Rosemary. Uh, So let's just talk, you know, we've covered shortcuts a few times the last several months, but, you know, it's just the season for that, so hang in there with us. And there's been, you know, the ball has been moving quite a bit, but, you know, as we approach launch, where are we with shortcuts? You know, what did we get and it, what did we not get? We've already covered the fact that triggers are going to be a little late, but the new program, yeah, they are coming. And and this new programming model is, I mean, this is the reason why, and I guess another thing I should say is I'm releasing a new shortcuts field guide. It's uh, if, uh, as I record this show, there's still some post-production to be done, but there are 106 videos in over five and a half hours. It's crazy uh, how much material there is. And, but the reason I had to do a new one is because they changed so much. And really, I would say at this point, having spent north of 130 hours working on this field guide, it, everything that they did is for the better. I mean, it, Shortcuts is so much more accessible now. 
And one of the most important things that they changed with this new version, which you're going to get with the release of iOS 13, is the new programming model. Um, I guess the easiest way to describe it is is consolidation. So it used mm-hmm. to be that it was very much a traditional programming model where there was um, the declaration of verbs, or, or I guess of variables, which I would call you know nouns, and then there was actions on those, which we would call verbs. But everything was separate. You know, like you would have the verb would be one action, the noun would be a separate action, and, and sometimes they'd be in different locations in the shortcut. And sometimes, even if you thought you understood this stuff, um, the the verb would act on a different noun than you expected. Like, does that make sense? Yes, and also, um, just because of the way things were set up, it was really easy to accidentally break your shortcut by by picking up your phone and having your fingers drag across the screen and move some of the action blocks around, yeah. which is so much more difficult to do now. It's still possible, but it's much more difficult to do because things are consolidated together. Yeah. So instead of um, you know having text and then having a replace text action, you replace text in, and then either the text itself is there or it's... A variable pointing to that text, which means that if the text, you know, is like six blocks up, then it still works just as well as if it's one block above it. Um, yeah. So I, I, I personally find it's much more user friendly. And so to finish the analogy, they've put the whole sentence in one block now. The noun and the yes. verb are together. So um, the the benefit of that is it's much easier to understand what you're doing when you make the shortcuts. Um, and they've added a whole bunch of power with this. And I think this is going to make shortcuts even more accessible to people who found it a little difficult in the past. Another huge thing they did was now it's part of the OS. So everybody who owns an iPhone and an iPad as of September 30th is going to have shortcuts installed on their device. So we're going to have this hopefully big growth of the user base. So people are going to be able to really take advantage of this and hopefully start playing with it. It's a great thing for automation. Yeah, which means that probably a lot of our listeners are going to be getting phone calls from relatives going, what is this shortcut thing and why did it appear on my home screen? Yeah. So my my homework for everybody listening is to prepare like a two-sentence, this is an amazing app, you can use it to make this automatically happen when that does stuff um, answer for your relatives that they will get and that they can apply and understand. Because the more people that use this, the more Apple is going to actually give resources to the shortcuts team. Um, And that's what we want at the end of the day, automation to be a key thing at Apple. You could also point them at my field guide, just saying, right? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, if somebody's grandma is looking to get started for the first time, I'm thinking they may need like a two-sentence hook to get them there, Uh, and then they're going to buy your shortcuts. Get them into the gallery. That's the trick. Because at the gallery, (laughs) they don't do any work, and then they can play with it. Um, All right, so the... uh, the underlying programming model is different. And I think that's, it's just such a, it's so obvious to me once I started using it, like, oh yeah, this is the way it should have always been. You know how that, that goes. I didn't realize that, you know, in hindsight, it's obvious that that was kind of a problem of mixing the variables and the actions, but now it's, it's solved so elegantly that it's like, how come this wasn't the way this way from the beginning? I mean, I think it was partially the way it was from the beginning because don't forget, we, you know, programmers built this um, and they they were building it, I'm guessing, for themselves to try and make using these URL schemes easier. Um, But you have to start from somewhere. 
Um, and I think maybe if they'd started, you know, with the model they have today in their head, we wouldn't have got shortcuts because it's, it's, it's not going to be easy to combine all of these steps together. Whereas by breaking it up as they did to start with, they also got to see how people use it and what people are really doing. And that's why you can now consolidate actions because you, you understand what people are doing with them. Well, I want to talk about URL shortcuts and the future of uh, shortcuts with URL schemes. But before we do that, I want to take a minute to talk about our first sponsor today. That's our friends over at Backblaze. Uh, this episode of Automators is brought to you by Backblaze, the unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs that starts at just $6 a month. There's no gimmicks, no add-ons, 6 bucks a month, and you're backed up. I've been using Backblaze for many years. In fact, we've just recorded an episode of Mac Power Users that'll in fact, it just came out before this show where we talked all about backup and Backblaze is a huge piece of that for me. Um, it's so difficult to have a reliable backup system where you have offsite storage when you try to roll it yourself. You know, it just doesn't work. It's, you don't keep it up to date. You forget to bring the drives. There's all these problems. Backblaze solves that for you. So if you've got Backblaze installed on your machine, it is always working, always backing up all of your devices to the cloud. Backblaze backs up documents, music, photos, videos, drawings, projects, everything that's important to you. Sometimes you need access to a file on the go. You can use their super easy mobile apps to access all your data anywhere in the cloud, even from your phone. I was in Hawaii once and I had to a client needed a, a contract thing. I got it off my Backblaze backup. No problem. With my phone. Backblaze has backed up 750 petabytes. Rose, I don't even know what a petabyte is. I think it's a lot. Lots of data. Yeah, there. Lots it's a lots, lots of, of ones data. and zeros. That's equivalent. Yeah. To, oh, here we go. It's, it's equivalent to 750 million gigabytes. That's a lot of, it's a lot of gigabytes. You know, a million here, a million there. These guys know their stuff. If you did have a data disaster, Backblaze can ship you a hard drive with all your data on it. And once you've restored your precious documents, you can send the hard drive back for a full refund. And Backblaze has restored over 40 billion files. That's a lot of saved projects, assignments, and family photo albums. I once uh, saw somebody in the Apple store who lost all their pictures, and it was it was just crushing watching her sit there. She was crying silently. I felt so bad for her. Anyway, having backup means total peace of mind. It's the difference between a data disaster costing you hours of work and just having a hard drive shipped to you. So uh, get your stuff backed up through Backblaze. Um, back up your stuff, guys. Go to backblaze.com slash automators for your fully featured 15-day free trial and let them know you heard about them here on the Automators. That's backblaze.com slash automators. Do it today. Six bucks a month. You've got protection. Everybody should have it. I have it. Rose has it. You need it. Thank you, Backblaze, for sponsoring us and saving us countless data disasters. And also, thanks for your support of all of FM. So we got a bunch of new stuff in shortcuts, some of which, uh, unfortunately, from the early betas has disappeared. But there are still a bunch of new actions involved in, and things that you can test the status of in shortcuts that we couldn't do in iOS 12, which I'm finding is amazing because, for example, if you create a new if action, 
then you can actually select a home accessory as an option. So I can say if this lamp in this house is on, because uh, I'm, I'm part of my parents' house in the UK as well as my home here in Vienna, um, and I can say, hey, if this specific lamp is on, then do this, which is amazing. And I had no idea I needed this. Uh, it turns out I really need this. So uh, what, what things are you finding really useful, uh, David? All right. Uh, let's talk about that. I, I definitely want to get back to that URL scheme question, though, later, because I think that's kind of uh, important for the automator's audience, but we'll, we'll oh, get yes. to that. Um, so you, you know, there's so much to do with the new version. Uh, having used it now for quite a while, I really like these new automation triggers. You want to talk about the app launch trigger first? Yeah, so the app launch trigger is actually something that I've been using more than I thought I would. So for example, whenever I launch uh, the Kindle app or the Apple Books app, um, I toggle do not disturb on because I tend to only use these on my iPad mini yeah. and I have other ways of getting notifications. But it is so annoying to be sitting there reading and have, dunk, you got an email pop in at the top of your screen. Um, and, you know, I have cranked down my notifications um, quite a bit, but at the same time, I'm going on holiday next week and I'm going to be sitting by the pool. I will not be wanting to see notifications about emails and stuff while I'm just trying to read and relax. Um, so it's I've just automated that. And it's great because I just open the app and it happens. I think that the Apple launch trigger, it's interesting because when we were talking about this at WWDC, we're like, well, what do you need that for? And the best idea we could come up with was timery, you know, that you would oh, yeah. automatically fire off your timery t uh, timers. When you start something like you open OmniFocus, start your planning timer, or you open Ulysses, start your writing timer, which which is good, and that's a way to use it. But I kind of, like Rose, found that um, the idea of setting a context for an application is something that I really like. And just like you were talking about, like if you want to read, you want to turn on Do Not Disturb. Um, I like to turn on Do Not Disturb when I start doing my planning. Right. You know, I've got I've got specific time. I sit down and try and figure out what I'm going to do with the day. There's nothing more annoying than having phone calls and interruptions while you're doing that. So I have set do not disturb on some of those things, and um, and using the trigger based on just launching the application makes that possible. Maybe you're somebody who at the end of the day likes to wind down and watch YouTube. Um, you could turn on do not disturb when you open the YouTube app. I mean, it's just. You know, it's really up to whatever your need is. It's not just necessarily a productivity tool in that in that regard. But I do like the idea that I launch one app and I make something else happen. Now, of all the triggers that we got, that's the one that I was scratching my head about at the beginning, but now I totally get it. So I actually stole something from you as well with the app launcher because you have a keyboard maestro macro for your Mac, right? Where if you open Twitter, it gives you a couple of minutes and then it Quit, it tells you, you know, stop yeah. twittering, right? Yeah. Well, I actually did this. So I have uh, it set to a number. So it waits for 60 seconds. Yeah. Um, and then after I've been on Twitter for 60 seconds, it opens OmniFocus. <laughs> so that okay. I'm spending less time on Twitter. And I've done the same thing for uh, for Instagram and as well and uh, Facebook on my iPad. I uninstalled Facebook from my iPhone. Um, and a couple of other apps, just because I'm finding that uh, to be pretty useful because it's they're going, hey, so you have some fun, but you are going to do this stuff, right? Like, that's yeah. the whole point of this. Um, so uh, I'm finding that to be really useful. Yeah, it's, it's like your phone is passive aggressive. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and I can, I can adjust it. I can turn this off, of course. Um, yeah. But I'm finding it to be really useful because 
as much fun as spending time on social media is, I have a lot of things that I should be doing with my time, which sometimes are not getting done. Um, and, you know, I can I can turn this off next week and then turn it back on when I get back from my holiday. But maybe I'll leave it on and maybe it'll be good for me to not spend so much time on social media. No, I think that's a great idea, Rose. I hadn't thought of that. So, so when you launch whatever your Twitter app of choice is, set a timer for 60 seconds and then launch a new app. Yeah. So I actually, uh, this is a three action shortcut. I've set, I've got a number for 60 because I couldn't be bothered to tap the plus uh, on the weight um, so many times. Yeah. Um, and then uh, as a tip, by the way, the repeat action and the weight action and anything with like a number, it kind of looks like you can't set a variable um, on it. Um, but if you just tap and hold in, on the number instead of tapping on it and then tapping the plus, then you can select a magic variable or ask every time or an actual variable if you have one of those. So I have it wait 60 seconds so it just opens OmniFocus and that's it. Done. Yeah, in fact, that's a tip that's um, usable throughout shortcuts. Oh, yeah. tap, if you're having trouble turning something into a variable, tap and hold. Yeah, definitely. Um, and actually, this reminds me of something that I, I wanted to, to talk about, which was how are you using automations because inside of the automations like for example the open twitter it then basically has a shortcuts building interface but i found if i do this then i want to reuse it like my 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 kill twitter um uh shortcut i can also use to kill instagram and whatever else so i've turned it into the 60 second omnifocus shortcut and then i just run my shortcut are you doing that or are you using actions directly in your automation yeah i i I kind of went through that process. So the way trigger these triggers we're talking about work, once you've, if you've got it in front of you, um, at the bottom of shortcuts, there's three tabs. There's the gallery, there's your shortcuts, and then the middle is the automation stuff. The automation stuff, as I understand, will not be there with the original release of iOS 13. You won't see that until iOS 13.1. But once you get that tab there, you, you tap that middle tab, and it shows you these automation triggers. Um, but then, just like Rose said, you you have the trigger that you create. Like the trigger would be when I launch the Twitter app. Okay, then it allows you to add individual steps underneath it. But like Rose said, that's not really I think ideal. The better way, what I do after having played with this as well, is, is I create what I want it to do as a separate shortcut. You know, mm -hmm. the you know the cancel Twitter and open OmniFocus shortcut. And then from within the automation trigger, I just run that shortcut. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm finding that to be much more useful as well because unfortunately, for example, the, the run app shortcut, you can only choose one app. So despite yeah. the fact that I've got maybe five apps that I want to do the same thing with, I have to create five automations, which yeah. is a point of improvement for iOS 14. FYI, Apple, I will be sending feedback on this. Uh, but um, at the same time, it's quite useful because then if I if I decide, actually, I want to change this, uh, I feel the 60 seconds is maybe a little too short and I don't actually get um, to, to do what I wanted or needed to do. Um, and I should change that to 90 seconds. I changed that once and it's changed everywhere, which, of course, is the point of automation because that's why we're here. We want to make our life simple not complicated. Yeah. And shortcuts does not let you block and copy um, shortcut individual task items, like from one to the next, or even within the same shortcut. And I did a, one of the videos in the new shortcuts field guide addresses this with the idea of a, um, of 
shortcuts basically as subroutines where you create small shortcuts that you access and other shortcuts by using the run shortcut command. And I did it like in the block scheduling stuff and there, there's different things you can do, but you should always keep your mind open to the idea of how often am I going to use this? And, and is this something that makes more sense to break into an individual component that I can then call inside a shortcut as a run shortcut subroutine, even like the timing stuff we were talking about earlier with timer is a great app. Um, you can have it just run, you know, timer has shortcut support. So you can say, start my planning timer. Now you can do that individually in the applications, but sometimes it's a little fiddly getting the timery donation to show up. So mm-hmm. the way I do it is I just created that as an individual shortcut. It's a, I think it's a one-step shortcut, um, but it's there and it works. And then I call that in a variety of other contexts by just running that shortcut rather than trying to recreate that step in timery every time I need it. And that way, if it breaks, it breaks everywhere at once and I can fix it in one place. And that the whole idea of shortcuts as subroutines, I think, is something that that folks need to wrap their heads around. Definitely. Also, I would like to uh, correct myself. I misspoke. It is actually possible to select multiple applications as a trigger for the open app shortcut. So I am now super happy. I'm still using the run shortcut, though. Yeah. Um, I, I, as you can tell, we we are playing as we record because yesterday was uh, the, the Apple announcement, but that also meant that there were new betas. Um, yeah. And I've been trying to find out what actually works again. And I'm very excited to find out when that that one works. So there has there's been a lot of action on the shortcuts in the betas too. I mean, it's like unlike other years. I mean, it's it they have really been taking things out, putting things in. Like one of the things they added, the Rosemary Orchard feature is the shortcut now that where you can automate the creation of iCloud links to your shortcuts. Oh, I love this feature so much. We'll put a link in the show notes to the, the blog post that I wrote on how to do this. But essentially, you can use a shortcut to create short uh, links to shortcuts, yeah. which is so much fun. And I really, really wanted. I must have requested this five or six times since Workflow existed. Yeah. Um, and it's great because now I can stick all of my shortcuts in Airtable and I can delete my 900 shortcuts. But then when it turns out something is missing, I can reinstall it. Because yeah. I used to do this with files and uh, that doesn't work anymore with iOS 13 because it is a security risk, understandably so. Now, did you automate the um, the donation to uh, to Airtable when you did that? So I, I have um, a, a base uh, shortcut that I use for Airtable, but um, the way that the get contents of URL works, it's not super easy to automate the content that goes inside it building that. So I have a lot of different Airtable shortcuts. Yeah. I mean, like I, I just did, because with a field guide, um, I'm giving all the shortcuts I discuss away. So as you're watching the field guide, you can download the shortcut and play along. Um, I found that the easiest way to do it, honestly, I did it manually. I just sat in front of the TV and pressed the share, the share button. But then you've got to <laughs> prove it. And then I, I yeah. had a, but I had on my iPad and I had an Apple Notes document next to it. And I've got all those links there, so I can just go in and pull anyone I want when I need to to access them. An interesting thing I noted, Rose, is it's you can't share the automatic triggers. No, you can't. So that's the other thing that you need to bear in mind with the automations. If you're wanting to share this with somebody, you need to create it as a shortcut. 
so yeah. that you can share it because you you can't share a, a trigger. Yeah, that doesn't work. So yes. What about Wi-Fi triggers? That's another one that I was super excited about. So the idea that when your phone or your iPad attaches to a different Wi-Fi network, something happens. Have you played with any of those? I have played with this. Um, and this is one of the triggers that a lot of people are understandably a little less happy about because it is a passive trigger, which means that your iPhone will connect to a Wi-Fi network automatically without asking you, unless it's a new Wi-Fi network um, or it needs a password or something which means that you need to approve this trigger. So I have been experimenting um, with um, a arrive home uh, trigger because I usually walk. Um, and having had a broken ankle at the beginning of the summer, I am walking a little bit slower even than I would usually. And the GPS triggers are just a little bit too far away. And it's slightly weird to be still a couple of minutes away from your home and you can see the lights turn on in your living room and you're not going to be in there for another five minutes to turn them off yeah. um, or close the blinds. So I've been using the Wi-Fi network because this, of course, this is a much smaller range, uh, but it, it pops up and it asks you to confirm running it. Um, so, But it is, at the moment, uh, I'm still using it and it stops. Uh, suggests stopping a timer. It doesn't force me to stop the timer. It shows me what timer is running and allows me to choose from a menu whether or not I want to keep it running or stop it. Um, and it will also hand over the playback to my HomePod uh, if any uh, audio is playing, which is pretty nice. Yeah, so I, I put one together um, based on the Starbucks Wi-Fi that includes the name Starbucks. It uh, Once again, it, it has to be approved by me. But when I say yes, because I like to, whenever I go to Starbucks, I actually like to, to make it like focused writing time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it opens OmniFocus, opens Ulysses, turns on Do Not Disturb. You know, and does all three of those things for me. Kind of a reminder, hey, that's why you're here, buddy. Get to work. Don't sit and goof off on Twitter. And um, uh, that works good for me. You know, I, I don't like the approval step. And I understand, you know, as Rose was saying, I think they call them passive um, mm -hmm. events where you go in and just something just happens. They don't want your phone just doing things without you realizing, especially if you download one from somebody else. Um, but at the same time, I wish there was a user way to turn that off. I would like that to be even more automatic. Yeah. as uh, I mean, as it is, depending on your, your shortcut, um, so for example, the ones that you run with when an app is opened, um, then you can have it ask before running and you can turn choose to toggle that off. But that's just not present for things like connecting to a Wi-Fi network or connecting to a Bluetooth device, um, which is in some ways a shame, but it's understandable from a security perspective, if annoying for us users who would really like to just be like, yeah, this is my home network. If somebody spoofs it, I'll live with the fact that it asks me to stop my uh, my time tracking. Another thing, as part of Apple's just overall security push as of late, now if you want to download shortcuts from third parties, like the ones Rose and I will be posting or the ones that are in my field guide, you've got to go into the shortcut settings and check the box to allow, um, I think they call it untrusted shortcuts. Mm -hmm. You can trust us. Yeah. You can trust us. But anyway, well, I don't like that name. I trust you, David. Anyway, uh, so you've got to click that or you won't be able even to download them, which is kind of silly. One more uh, of these triggers that I, this is one I'm definitely the most excited about is the NFC trigger. Oh, I'm loving NFC so much, especially because I realized that my work ID is an NFC card. 
Oh, really? And so I can use my work ID to trigger stuff. And you can actually use bank cards as well. Uh, as a tip, don't try and use an Apple Pay device because it generates a new number every time. Um, and that obviously will not work because it's looking for the same NFC tag every time yeah. rather than different ones. But you you can use like bank cards, ID cards, stuff like that. If it's got a chip inside it, it's probably an NFC chip of some kind. Yeah. And this is not passive because you're actively tagging it. Things just happen when you tag an NFC. So what are you doing with it? I have one on my desk at work. Uh, I've actually got a couple of these scattered around. I was going to attach an NFC tag to my keychain at work. And then I realized that I can use my work ID. So that's one less thing to put on my keychain. Um, And uh, I use this for my work time tracking where uh, I have to log which projects I've been working on for approximately how long and stuff like that. So I've been using that and that's been working really well for me. What is the automation of that? Because presumably you have more than one time event to track. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to go into huge amounts of details, but essentially there's a Windows-based application with XML config files, um, which once a month or so I I parse out and pull in the data. um, And then it just offers me a list of the projects um, and it logs it to a CSV file, which I convert back to XML with Python. Um, It's an overly complicated system, which I use because I really don't want to have to use Windows all the time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that for most people. I would recommend using something like Timing, which now has an API, or uh, Toggle with the Timery application to to do this instead. Uh, but uh, our work system needs to be on our work servers for obvious reasons. So, yeah, I'm stuck with what I've got. <laughs> so the, the example I did in the Shortcuts Field Guide was a simple one. I put a, short, a NFC ch- trigger in my paper notebook. Oh, yeah. And the reason I wanted to do that is because I also log a bunch of the stuff I put in there into day one. So all I have to do is tap on it and then magic happens in day one, which is cool. Um, But now uh, I was so busy getting this field guide done. I didn't go as deep on this as I wanted. Now I've got some more. And so I'm starting to go crazy with NFC tags and stickers. I've got one now on the bedside table. I've set it up where when I uh, when I tap it, the bathroom lights turn on. It it um, currently it chooses the uh, song Ray's theme from the Star Wars Force Awakens um, soundtrack because I think it's a great morning song, you know, just kind of like an uplifting song. And then it drives that to the HomePod, and and that's the the pieces I'm doing so far. Um, as I sit here, I'm thinking um, I have a really cool shortcut called morning routine where it gives me the morning report. I think I'm going to add that to the end where it runs that shortcut. Uh, but anyway, so that's like I want to just wake up, tap my phone and have things happen. And playing with it over the last couple of days, I've realized now I need a second sticker on my nightstand for the nighttime stuff. Right. So yes. that's going to happen for sure. I've got some stickers. So I, I've just been kind of uh, thinking through where I want to put them. I'm, I'm definitely putting one in the car and mm-hmm. I, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to do yet, but I'm going to have one in the car. I, I want to Don't put- forget that you can use CarPlay as a trigger too, though. And yeah, that's, that's another true. active trigger. Um, so when that you plug your true. phone into your car, it can just do stuff. That is true, Rose. That is true. But when I'm in as a passenger, there may be something different I want to do. So, um, the, uh, I'm definitely putting one inside the refrigerator and I'm going to use that to trigger the shared grocery list and reminders list that we have. So mm-hmm. when I look and then we run out of carrots, I can just tap it and, and get to work. 
so I, I don't know. I'm going to have fun with this. I ordered off Amazon some keychain NFC triggers. They haven't arrived yet, but they're on the way. This was mm-hmm. kind of my promise to myself once I finished the field guide that I could kind of go nuts with NFC. <laughs> I, I was looking this morning as I as I left the house at the door jam. I'm wonder. I'm like, it, it doesn't rub too much in this section of the door jam. I wonder if I could put a trigger inside the door jam. So you would never see it except when you open the door, but you could always tap it on your way in or your way out. I don't know. So I've got, I've got plans, Rose. I've got many plans. Okay. So it's time to talk about our next sponsor. And our second sponsor for today's episode is Zapier. This episode of Automated is brought to you by Zapier. Growing a business is hard, especially when you're spending hours every day moving data from emails to spreadsheets to wherever else. Wouldn't it be easier if all of these things work together without you lifting a finger? Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all of your business software and handles work for you, so you can focus on the things that matter most. You don't need to waste any more time on tasks you know could be automated, because that's what Zapier was built to do. So if you work in sales, Zapier lets you instantly engage with leads and send them to a CRM or a spreadsheet, and then notify your team so that they can act quickly on every opportunity. But whatever your business, you can build the exact solution you need in minutes without writing code or asking a developer for help. And with support for more than 1,500 business applications, it's no wonder that more than 4.5 million people are saving 40 hours a month using Zapier. So one of the ways I use Zapier is when certain transactions happen, then my bank will send me an email, but these are the things that I need logged because they are business transactions. So I actually have Zapier grab this information out of the email. It parses the date and the amount, and it puts them into my accounting software for me with the email as a PDF just to go along with it for, you know, perfection. I love the fact that it has so many features of all of the applications from invoicing software that I host on my own server, Invoice Ninja, to being able to integrate with things like Quip, which I use with David. It's really easy to use Zapier, and they're working on a new user interface as well, which is really nice. Right through right now, through November, try Zapier free by going to our special link, zapier.com slash automators. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash automators for your 14-day free trial. Go there now, check it out. It will save you so much time. Zapier.com slash automators. Our thanks to Zapier for their support of automators and all of Relay FM. All right, Rose, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Um, let, let's start with things we lost in the along the way. Yeah, there's one that really makes me sad um, because it was such a good one. Set wallpaper. Yeah. And it's gone. And I'm I'm sad because it sounds really silly. Why am I so sad about set wallpaper? But I was actually using this when I clock in at work and clock out to set my wallpaper to a work wallpaper and a non-work wallpaper um, and with other time tracking to remind me what I'm actually working on. And I can't do this anymore. And I'm sad because now my phone has the same wallpaper all the time and it won't show me what I'm doing on the home screen. Um, and it sounds really silly, but it was actually making me really productive. So um, I, I filed radars on this, and uh, hopefully it's going to come back at some point. But Yeah, this is one I'd really like to know the story behind it. I mean, why did that have to come yeah. out? It seems like it's pretty simple, you know? Yeah, so you can, you can for example, you can, you can turn your Wi-Fi on and off, but you can't set your wallpaper. Yeah. It, it's, it sounds crazy to me that you can't do this. But hey, I'm sure there's a reason for it. Yeah, I'm sure, and I also suspect it may come back at some point. But the uh, yes. I'll miss that one. 
one of the things about this new shortcuts paradigm is that they've built a way. If you if you've used shortcuts in the past, you know that there's actions. Like if you go, if you like OmniFocus, you'll go and you'll see there's two or three actions in there that the shortcuts team built that specifically does something in OmniFocus. But that's always been you've always been at the you know subject to the shortcuts team creating these actions, these app specific actions. And with this new version, developers will be able to build their own actions. That's good because it means that we're no longer going to have that massive bottleneck that we previously had of if a developer wanted to add an action to shortcuts and they had to contact the, 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 the team over at Apple and say, hey, we have this action. Can you add it to shortcuts? Get it approved. Get it added. Turns out there's a bug in it, so it has to get fixed. And it, you know, it's going back and forth between two people. At the same time, it does mean that developers have to do this now, and maybe not every developer is going to see the advantage of shortcuts. Yeah. As crazy as it is to think about that. I know some developers are just saying, oh, we're just going to replace the shortcuts that were there. We're not going to add anything new. It's like, ooh, okay. Do you know who you're talking to? I love shortcuts. Please don't do this. Please add more. More is good. Yeah, but there are, there are developers that will get it. And for them, oh, yeah. I expect that we're going to see a lot more support in shortcuts than we've seen before. And yes. we're going to get a lot more power. And this is, I guess this kind of goes in hand with the discussion of URL schemes. I mean, URL schemes are the foundation of workflow, which became shortcuts. But with this new programming interface, with this new ability of developers to build their own actions, do, where do you see the future of URL shortcuts in all this? Well, I, I think it's going away. Um, and I don't know if it absolutely should go away because, for example, having the ability to put a link to a dev and think object inside of an OmniFocus task so that I can just jump to a PDF or a group of um, items is, for me, something extremely useful, especially for anything relating to my master's degree, because without that, uh, without Devon Think, I'm pretty certain that my master's degree would be probably on fire somewhere crying in a corner rather than doing relatively well as it currently is, um, because I don't do well if I'm not organized. Um, and for, for things like that, I definitely need interrupt links to remain available um, and, but at the same time, it would be great if the, the shortcuts framework can sink down another layer into the operating system. So right now we have, when I open an app, um, do this. Well, how about next year when I open an, uh, for example, drafts and I open this workspace in drafts, then I want that to happen. But if I open this other workspace in drafts, then I want this thing to happen. Um, and that's what I, I think we will hopefully see at some point, Apple I've heard um, it was said in some of the sessions, so don't ask me which ones because I'm, I'm struggling to find the links right now, that URL schemes are insecure, which depending on whether or not there's keys involved and things like that, which some applications have used, is definitely a possibility. Um, and it would be great if there was a proper mechanism that was created specifically for this purpose, for apps to pass data between themselves. Um, and we know that, you know, a lot of this already exists. For example, drag and drop probably has a bunch of this stuff involved. It would be great if I could say, hey, uh, drop this um, image over here, but also flip it 90 degrees to the right and, um, you know, make it black and white and or something it. like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, you know, just if we could have shortcuts as a next level down framework. But I think we may be a few years away from that. I do think that. URL shortcuts are not going away in the next year. 
I think we're going to be fine. In fact, I included a URL shortcut explanation in video in, in the new field guide. But I also think that Apple's counting on developers to really kind of step up and create the automations. I think for mm-hmm. a lot of people, the URL shortcuts are kind of a block. They have trouble or like, and you have to go to a website and you have to figure out how to structure it. And it's, it's like, it is additional work to create those. In a perfect world, all of the functionality that we have from URL shortcuts would be duplicated with developer-created actions, which are easier to use and, and, in fact, just better and more secure. I think more realistically what's going to happen is some of those functions are going to get created in developer actions, but I suspect not all of them will be. And that if URL shortcuts go away or URL schemes go away, um, uh, we will lose some functionality that we get with them that we won't be able to create with the the application actions. Yes. Um, and I would encourage everybody listening who who has used a URL scheme and who is actively using URL schemes, if the developers don't, over the next few months, already go in and, and add shortcut actions with parameters to replace these, contact the developers and say, hey, I'm using this, but it would be really great if you could create it as a shortcut with parameters, please. Yeah. Um, and, you know, don't put huge amounts of pressure on developers and insist that they do it. That You know, that's not how we're gonna, how we're going to win this battle. Um, but, you know, asking nicely if, if this can be added, because I'm seeing some seriously amazing things, some of which I'm not yet allowed to talk about. Um, but, for example, look at what Simon Stovering has been doing. He's tweeted a bunch of uh, stuff, of, of things that he's experimented with. Not all of this will go into the release of JSON or Scriptable or a yet-to-be-named application for storing data. Um, but it's amazing to see what developers can do with this with a little bit of creativity. Um, and s- some developers may not realize that you're using their URL schemes that much and that you're depending on it. And if we don't let developers know how much we love their software and the work that they're doing, then, uh, well, why would they implement their replacement? It's work. It, it's probably, in some cases, not an insignificant amount of work. Uh, to do this, so uh, we should let people know if they if they don't already know by themselves and just do it. Yeah, and but Simon gets it. You know, he's the poster child yeah. for this. And you know, I would say Greg Pierce over at Drafts, and there's a couple people out there that are already on top of this. Um, so I guess what I would say is, if you've got an app that you're using any URL shortcut on, drop the developer a note and say, hey, I you know I would really appreciate it if you made this into an action in shortcuts. And, and I think they need that data. They need to know people are using it and that people want this. And that yes. will um, inspire them to hopefully go put the time in to make those. And uh, I, I, like I said, I, I'm sure we're good for a year. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on inside Apple. But I, I would suspect we're good for at least a year on this. But mm-hmm. I don't think we should be just sitting back assuming that URL schemes are going to be there forever. So no. if you're using them... Um, you know, start talking to your developers now and, and hopefully getting them on the track of, of getting you away from the URL scheme in case Apple ever pulls the rug on that. And even if Apple doesn't pull the rug on it, you know, how many more people may end up using this application? Because it turns out that there is a great automated way that they can, I don't know, add a, a list that they can add packing items to that they, they want to pack for their next trip. Not yeah. that I've been battling with this problem at all recently. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, there's there's always something out there that will that will be the the catch for somebody, and it may well be automation for a lot of people, especially for people who are maybe now going, "Hey, that new iPad looks pretty affordable. It's got a decent sized screen. Yeah, I'll give it a go." You know, 
let's let's make their experience a great one. And I know that a lot of developers, Agile Tortoise, uh, Simon Stobering, as previously mentioned, um, Anders Borum, all of these people are doing a great job to try and add, um, you know, value to the shortcuts that they're donating um, with these parameters and all of these options. It's going to be great to play with this. And not only that, I feel like any URL scheme that you turn into a shortcut action is immediately going to be used by a lot more people because it's advertisement for your app. Because when they open shortcuts, um, you know, and then you you tap on the uh, the option to add a shortcut, and it comes up as an option. Uh, you know, it's it's listed right there in the applications for you. It is free free app uh, free advertisement advertisement. Yeah. Let's go with advertisement. <laughs> Well, and I think it's just going to be so much easier for people to implement that more people are going to implement it. It's just, it just it has to be true. Um, it, it's yeah. almost the difference between Apple Script and an Automator on the Mac. You know, it's just like it's so much easier when it's it's compact and built in. Maybe a little less powerful, but so much easier. Okay, yes. um, so th- that is an issue, and be aware of it. And we really would like you to let your favorite developers know if there's something you're using that you would like to see turned into an action. I think the upside of this is uh, I, we're going to talk about this on the show, I'm sure. Three to six months after all this releases, we're going to have this rich assortment of tools that don't exist right now. So, Roast, so, something I want to talk to you about. Um, we, we did a whole show on the Shortcuts home screen and I liked it, but ultimately didn't stick with it. And uh, what I did instead was I, I put a bunch of shortcuts, you know, on my, what is it, the Today screen? The widget. They, 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 they changed the name, right? It used to be yeah, the it's today, the widget you know. in the Today screen. Yeah, now it's widget screen. And then like a week after you'd installed iOS 13, I just get a message from David with a home screen full of shortcuts. Oh, yeah. I love it. now. So what they did, what, the problem with the original one was it would bounce to Safari before it ran the shortcut. And it was just nuts. Right. You know, it just, yeah. it felt really goofy to me, you know, and it, and so, but now they fixed that. So now starting with iOS 13, if you put a shortcut on your home screen, first of all, there's a couple things they did. Number one is you can put a shortcut on your home screen with no name. Just delete the name. You don't have to do the goofy thing where we had the shortcut with the uh, invisible characters. You know, you just, just delete the name and then you save it to the home screen and it saves the home screen without a name. So you get rid of the name. That's cool, right? Second thing is yep. when you tap on it, it just opens up the shortcut whatever you do. Like for most of these home screen shortcuts, for me, they are nested shortcuts. It's usually a choose from menu shortcut that has a bunch of other shortcuts and launch apps and different things underneath it. So uh, for me, I always, almost always get a menu when I tap on one of them, but now you just tap on on your home screen. The menu just shows up. Um, I did this like the second week of the beta install. And I have had uh, shortcuts on my home screen exclusively ever since and i have i have no desire to go back to the crazy old way of having just a single app on my home screen it is so much more powerful with shortcuts like i tap the max sparky um home screen or the sorry the max sparky icon it's a little lightning bolt on my home screen let me show you tell you what's on it right now i have to open my phone up come on face id wake up wake up Anyway, uh, well, clearly you need a new iPhone. That's why it's acting yes, out, right? Yes, that's what's going on. So right now, I can when I tap that, I have a menu. Number one is my inbox in my mail 
Second one is my later folder for Max Sparky. The third one is my action um, items in OmniFocus. The fourth one is my planning. Uh, the fifth one is a post idea if I want to write a post for Max Sparky. Uh, then I've got a whole series of them for show prep for all my various podcasts where it takes me to the Google Doc or the Quip Doc or wherever I'm doing the work. Another one opens up my blogging application. Another one goes to Airtable. Another one goes to um, um, the, uh, uh, I have a bunch of emails and things that I automate when I send like a sponsor. Um, I have to send them an email with preparation. So I've got a whole bunch of automated emails in there. Then I've got some shortcuts that are nested here, but like I've got another one just called Tech Podcast. So if I want to listen to shows related to the technology side of my life, it's in this shortcut. I tap the button, it opens up podcast, starts playing them, you know? And then I've also got one here to go to my RSS stuff, which is almost exclusively news about technology. So it's like all that stuff is covered with one shortcut on my home screen. So I look at my phone, I tap that, and then I tap the one I want to do. And it takes me not only to the mail app, it takes me to the mailbox in the mail app that deals with this problem. And it, it allows me to avoid a whole bunch of distractions along the way. And I've got a whole screen for those. I've got, you know, I've got one for the legal practice. I've got one for health. I've got one for personal. I've got them for getting directions, cameras, travel, you know, uh, listening to audio. I've, some of this stuff is in multiple places. Like the audio one also has the tech podcast shortcut, but it's just, it's in two different places. So I can get to it two different ways. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really happy with this system. Yeah, it's a great system. You're you're convincing me to try it out again because I had the same problem as you before with the whole bouncing to Safari and then bouncing into shortcuts and then doing the action. Uh, it was, in some cases, actually literally giving me headaches just because of the the not quite speedy enough transitions. Yeah. Um, and the fact that that's gone is such a massive thing. Um, I'm I'm now going to have another look at this and 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 give it another go because I've got a bunch of things on my home screen which are basically folders to let me do stuff related to the suite setup or to my blog or um you know to automators or nested folders and so it's yeah it's a good idea to segregate those out i'm gonna have to see if maybe i can get deep url to so i can go straight to the correct select chats even for each of these yeah hmm. i haven't played with that if you if you figure that out let me know um but so the downside to this um one of the things with iOS 13 is this idea of this long press on apps. You know, the force touch is gone. Yes. Um, but it, it basically gives you the same thing, and it carries the feature over to the iPad. I am not at all upset about them taking that away. Uh, and and some apps have genuinely good features when you do that long press on them. If the app's not on your home screen, obviously you can't use that feature. Um, but... I feel like having um, these shortcuts based on context as opposed to applications totally makes up for that. The other yeah. thing you do, I do with this is the, um, I have in the, in the bottom dock, I have four apps, you know, mm -hmm. actually I have three apps. I have right now calendar. I always am jumping between fantastical and calendar. Always during the beta, I try to use the Apple native stuff, uh, but I've got calendar right now and I've got OmniFocus and I'm trying to do more with Apple Notes because that's also something that got a lot of improvement with this new one. So I've got Apple Notes down there. And then I actually got, okay. I have one more shortcut in the bottom, which is kind of what I call kind of my input shortcut, where it's like mm -hmm. it creates a new draft, creates a new OmniFocus inbox items, creates new Apple Notes. So it does a whole bunch of stuff. I've got that in the dock for now. But 
The, um, and then at the top row, I put the four folders. You know, I've talked about this on Mac Power Users. I've got um, make is one folder, and none of them have names on them anymore because I've I, I don't like the names. So I've got I've got make learn um, fix and play. So all apps go into one of those four folders. So I can get to the apps if I want to from the home screen as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm gang. I'm really happy with this. If you got turned off of Siri shortcut home screens because of all the bouncing around it was doing when it was launching from the uh, the the screen, then you should definitely check it out again. I will. Um, I'm going to pull the short. This is one of the videos I did in the field guide is all about this. I'm going to just put that one in the show notes. I'll post it to YouTube and put it in the show notes so you guys can see it. All right. Um, the uh, the one last piece of this though is on iPad. Now we have the ability to permanently place the widgets on the uh, home screen. So, so on iPad, I have not turned it into the shortcuts home screen. I have just got that widget. That's number. Uh, it's widget number two. So it's always apparent. And I've right. been selective about which one. So I've already got them on the home screen on the left side, and then I actually put apps on the home screen of the of the iPad. Apps on your home screen. Crazy idea. Yeah. I have to say the the uh, the widgets for me frequently replace what Force Touch um, or Long Press as it is now has previously offered. Yeah. So, for example, Cal Zones will show you a list of the time zones with whatever names you've given it, which is one of my favorite applications because with you being in a different time zone, Scotty, my other podcast co-host, also being in a different time zone, um, and, you know, my family my parents currently in thailand for example um it's great to literally just be able to swipe over and go okay so it's it's quarter past nine where david is right now um you know that that's really useful but i don't need it under force touch it's easier to just swipe because even if i happen to be on my fifth home screen i tried taking all of my apps out of folders this is not going to stick but i tried it um then i can just swipe down from the top and across so makes sense all right, let's talk about our uh, last sponsor, and that's our friends over at PDF Pin from Smile. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by PDF Pin from Smile. It's the ultimate tool for editing PDFs on the Mac. PDF Pin version 11 is out, and it can turn your scanned documents into editable text with PDF Pin's built in OCR support. So often I get sent PDFs that don't have optical character recognition in them. It's crazy. So I just open up PDF pin and it says, hey, Sparky, it looks like this doesn't have OCR. Do you want it? I say yes. And it goes through and it does a few things. People don't realize that you know there's more to this OCR stuff than you think. Like the first thing PDF pin does is it straightens the pages. You know, if the pages are a little crooked and you do OCR on them, then when you go to select the text later, it's just a, it's madness. You can't have that. They straighten the page, they do the OCR, and then at the end, they give you this nice Zen gong that just makes me so happy when I hear that go off because I know it now has OCR. And with PDF pin and OCR, you can compare two parts of the same document with a split view, and you can mark up the documents with the scribble tool and add annotations and notes. This is what I do all the time in the legal half of my life. PDF pin Pro 11 can automatically turn your documents into fillable forms plus export them to Excel, PowerPoint, and more. And sharing documents with PDF pin on iPhone and iPad or your Mac is as simple with the iCloud or Dropbox storage. Now, if you do any work using PDFs, you need PDF pin. It's really powerful. Learn more about PDF pin 
and PDFPen Pro at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. One last feature I can never resist talking about with PDFPen is where it, you take a PDF and turn it into a Word document. This is a dirty trick that lawyers do. If you're a lawyer and you do this, shame on you. Where you're negotiating a contract, you send the other guy the contract and you make it a PDF. So then you can't track changes and make edits. And so it's kind of a passive aggressive way to try and get you to just take the terms, right? That's not a problem with PDF Pin Pro. Or you just take the document, you say, save this as a Word document, it converts it to a Word document, then you send it back to them with red line changes. They're scratching their head. They don't know what you just did. It was PDF Pin that saved the day once again. So once again, that's smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Go check it out. Our thanks to PDF Pin for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So yeah, <laughs> so I, uh, I when we uh, when we were at WWDC, I was thinking, well, I can just do an update to the shortcuts field guide, and then I started looking at it, and I realized everything has changed. Nothing is the same. I have to do this over, and I have to do it better. So I, I've spent. According to my time tracking, over 130 hours on this field guide, it it just grew into something. I never expected it to get as big as it did. It's 106 videos. It may be 107 or 8 by the time it releases. We're recording this a few days before I finish it. Uh, but um, I have on my Airtable 5.5 hours, but I still have post-production to do on like 15 videos. So my guess is it'll be closer to 6 hours by the time it's done. And uh, I, I hope I'm not scaring away people that would be interested in it with so much data, but I really did a good job, I think, of, of breaking it up into pieces. Um, one of the uh, feedbacks I got last year was some people saying, look, I want it to be more basic because I have trouble with the, you know just getting started with this. And then the other feedback I got was I wanted to be more advanced. So I added two new sections to this one. And the first one is called Shortcuts Key Concepts, which is kind of for beginners, just to kind of give you like explaining what a variable is and a magic variable and, and how share sheet triggers work and some of this stuff that, um, you know, just to really get you started. And then I added another additional section called advanced concepts where um, I go into base 64 URL schemes, you know, uh, more high end programming uh, stuff. And, and I think it's, I hope I, that I answered both of those with this. There's a lot of work went into this, but I'm, I'm really happy with the way it came out. And I think you wouldn't have really been doing justice to yourself or anybody looking to get this if you hadn't redone it, just because there's so much that's so different. Just the fact that get variable doesn't exist and it's built into every single action. Yeah. It, it, it's a big difference. And if, you, if you're not experimented with iOS 13 yet and you thought that you were pretty good with shortcuts on iOS 12, you were definitely going to adapt fine. And if anybody's tried shortcuts before and gone, eh, I didn't really get it, give it another shot. Um, and, you know, David's already sh shared some of the videos from the field guide in the show notes uh, previously um, for uh, to give you a taster. So double check those as well, because it doesn't matter what your level is. I, I've, I have been uh, sneaking through David's videos as he's been putting them up. I've not had a chance to watch all of them yet, but it's it's really good. And I've been stealing lots of ideas from you, I have to say. Good. Well, there's no such thing as stealing with shortcuts. They're all, we're all trying to help each other out. So that's it. I'm I'm really proud of it. It, it is kind of a, uh, it's quite a development for me to have one this big and this long, but I think it makes sense for this and it's broken up logically. Most of the videos are in about the three minute range. So there's nothing in here that's overwhelmed. Some of them are, are a bit longer because they need to be and some of them are a bit shorter. Uh, 
But the sections are, you know, there's an introduction and overview. There's that key concepts thing I was talking about. Kind of like when I did the keyboard maestro um, field guide, and this is different from the original version of the shortcuts field guide. I did a whole section on triggers and a whole section on actions where I break down. You're like, I want to, if you want to learn how to use the Bluetooth trigger, there's a video explaining how. If you want to learn how to use actions that involve calendaring, there's a video just about that. And then mm-hmm. the idea is you go through these and you start putting all these tools in your tool belt and you get ideas for what to do with them. Then after that, getting through that, and those application actions, I think it's something like 29 or 30 videos about, with different application actions that it takes on directly. I'll be adding more to that, obviously, as some developers embrace shortcuts and add their own actions. And then um, the the uh, advanced concept section, like I said, base 64 URL schemes, some of the more complicated stuff. Like there's a whole thing on dictionaries and how dictionaries work because a lot of people have questions about that. And then... Um, and then after that, there's just like a boatload of useful shortcuts. And those are... Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing ETA to Disneyland here. I have a feeling if I do my ETA to Disneyland, it's going to take me a while to get there. But tell you what, um, I'll meet you in Batu. Yeah, well, that, I would love that first if you did that, Rose. I will be your personal guide. But uh, the reason I did Disneyland is, and I explained in the video, you can change the location when you download that shortcut to work or home or whatever you want. But I, I just wanted to use something fun for the video. But there's yeah. a whole there's a whole bunch of them uh, in there. I don't have the table in front of me, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> At some yes. point, no, uh, there, there's a bunch of really useful ones here, and especially for people who are struggling um, to to see to think of what you can do with shortcuts. Uh, I would recommend at the very least have a look at this list. Um, because, you know, airdropping your screenshots or automating your meetings. It, uh, I, I see hundreds of ideas here coming from the, I have no idea, 25-ish ideas that are listed. I've just got hundreds coming from it because, hey, I just took a photo. It would be great if I just could just airdrop this to people who are around me right now so that I can share immediately. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, there's 32 of them, of the useful shortcuts as as we record. Um, and the idea was some of them are like two and three step shortcuts and some of them are like 70 step shortcuts. So, you know, there's a mix in there and you can kind of go yeah. through and play with it. So either way, um, it's uh, I'm real proud of it and it's done. It's out. There's a there's going to be an initial um, there's going it's going to have an initial discount price once it goes out. If you want to get the details, I think it's going to be releasing next Wednesday. So I'm not exactly sure. I don't want to, but it'll be out a day or two before iOS 13 drops. And the best way to get information about it, if you're listening to the show, the show comes out on Friday, go to maxbarkin.com and just sign up for the newsletter because the newsletter people get the first notice and there will probably be a discount in the newsletter. I'm almost certain there will be. I don't want to promise it right now because I'm still in that part of the process. There will definitely be a separate email that goes out to everyone who bought the prior version and you will get a separate discount that'll be bigger. Um, so, and don't worry, just check your email. I've got your, your name. Uh, so I'll be sending you an email with that discount code. If you already bought the first one, you'll get a discount on the second one. And, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I'm coming up for breath now as we record this. I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at the kind of the happy period now where you finish something big and you're proud of it. And I'm glad to be able to share it with the automators audience. Well, I'm going to refill your oxygen tanks because it sounds to me like you're doing a photos field guide next, which is going to be good fun. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been, always been the plan. That would have been the one that released now if shortcuts hadn't got rewritten. <laughs> I thought that'd be the one I'd be talking Darn about. Darn that shortcuts team. They're just so productive. <laughs> yeah. oh. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, it's all good. And uh, thank you, everyone, for all the support in the past. And I hope that if you're interested in shortcuts, you, you check this out. There's going to be a bunch of, I'm going to make a bunch of them free on the website so you can get a nice feel for it. And um, even if you don't buy it, at least then you'll learn something. And, uh, and I appreciate any support you give me. All right. All right. Well, uh, shortcuts, man. They really did it this year. Yeah. Knocked out the park for the second year in a row. I am impressed. So congratulations to the shortcuts team. And thank you because this has given us so much fun stuff to talk about. And I'm, I'm sorry, people. We're not going to shut up about shortcuts. It's not going to be every single episode. But it's a big thing. And there are so many people out there with iPhones and or iPads. And it's going to be on every single one of them from the end of the month. So I I think it's worth the discussion. When we had the meetup at um, WWDC, a large portion of the Shortcuts team came to the meetup. And the thing that was surprising for me was, number one, the number of people on the team. That is a big team. Yeah. And and number two is the eagerness that they have to find out where are we hitting roadblocks and how can they make it better? They so much want to make this a thing. And I know yes. that even though it's part of the operating system now, we probably aren't going to get the big updates during the year. Uh, I feel like they're going to be working on it very hard and I can't wait to see what, what they do next. But in the meantime, there's a bunch of automation to build. Yes. And as the team said when when we met them, please, if you find something that doesn't work or as you expect it to, or you're you're missing something, file feedback because I know the very least they have the intention of of looking at all the feedback that they receive. Um, at the moment, it's still being triaged, and the things that affect multiple people are being are being forwarded rather than one off uh, requests. Yeah. But they 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 intend to go through all of it, and just the fact that they intend to go through all of that feedback. It gives me the good feels. Yeah. So, and, and I know that Apple's watching how much this gets used, and I think you know the future of shortcuts is is partly dependent on you know user usage. So you know everybody needs to be trying this out. You know, share as yeah. Rose said earlier in the show, you can build shortcuts for Grandma. Grandma may not want to buy the field guide and figure all this stuff out herself, but Grandma may love it if you put a sticker on her refrigerator that she can tap her phone on and it opens up her grocery list for her. You know, it's something you could do yes. the next time you visit her and she will think that you are amazing when you do that. So, you know, so think about, you know, now that it's on all the phones, how can we help get other people using this as well? And I know like for me, those NFC um, stickers, those can work on other people's phones too. And you can have different automations on every phone. It's not like the automation is not embedded in the sticker. The sticker is just the trigger. So like if I put one on the door jam, I can make it do something for me when I tap on it. But when my wife taps on, I can make it do something entirely different on her phone. You know, maybe she walks in and she gets a different kind of music or whatever. And, and uh, that's something we can all be doing for folks. So, so spread the, spread the good word about the shortcuts. Yes. Cover your house, your car, your 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 folders, your laptops with NFC stickers. And uh, yeah, let's dive in and have some fun. I just got thinking, Rose, when I get these keychains, I could I could like put them in the pockets of certain coats, like embed them in clothing. So when you put your phone in your pocket, it just does stuff? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. It's just an idea now. I'm not sure what that means. 
But like, if I get my raincoat out, maybe I have it do something when I put it in my pocket. I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, you you could have if you're at home, it could play "It's Raining Men," but, <laughs> but I'm not sure if you want that. Well, it doesn't rain here very often, so it wouldn't happen. My my raincoat doesn't. My raincoat is like 30 years old, and it looks like it's brand new. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. We are the automators. Uh, you can find us over at relay.fm slash automators. You can also find us at automators.fm where you can see all the blog posts. You can get access to the amazing uh, user group we have, I guess you call it. Uh, what you know the uh, Community. Community. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff going on there. Thank you to our sponsors today. Our friends over at Smile with PDF Pin, Zapier. What a great sponsor for the Automator Zapier. Thank you for coming on board and Backblaze. And we will see you all in two weeks. Bye-bye.